Super Talk Mississippi media production. Coleman Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman Taylor today for all your transmission needs. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. So we are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we're going to catch up one of our good things favorites, Miss Madison Newcomb. She is with Newt's Cares, which every year Newt's Eatery changes the colors of their cups and straws and everything else to uh, to teal for ovarian cancer awareness within their restaurants. They also go so far as to raise awareness through their annual event, their cycle spin event, um, to also raise funds and awareness for this great cause. And joining us today is Madison. Hey, Madison. Hey, Rebecca. How are you? It's good to have you back. What year is this for you and I? Is this number three? Yes, it is, and it's our ninth year of Nukes Care, so it's a great year. We're going to hit 10 next year. We're really excited. We're really excited, too, that this is continuing to grow, and it's becoming one of those staple events that people associate with September here, at least in central Mississippi, and I think that color teal is really starting to stick out to people. You know, it takes a little time to train folks on, you know, what things mean and what it sort of uh, stands for. So in the Nukes world, when September rolls around, how do you guys sort of shift over with ovarian awareness in mind. Yeah, so teal is the color for ovarian cancer awareness month, which is September. And so at Nukes, we really like to turn our restaurants teal with a few printed materials. You'll see a few teal ribbons decorated throughout each Nukes, which means a guest has donated at the register. We also turn all of our cups teal. And this year's cup is super fun because we have actually hidden nine teal ribbons within the cup. So it's a fun little game to play while you're waiting on your Nukes cue or your Nukes favorite salad. Which the Nukes Cups is probably, well, it's not the best thing about Nukes. I'd have to say some of your croutons and pickles maybe go right up there to be in the best thing. But I have the whole holiday collection, Rebecca. Just, <laughs> that is pretty much all the drinkware that I have in my house. But I was supposed to say it is kind of part of everybody's pantry. It's one you don't get, you know, you don't get rid of and you do start to collect them um, throughout the year. And we've got several of those teal um, cups. And it's all fun and it's all great for raising awareness, but it goes back to a special call. Share the story for those that may not know, Madison, Nuke's um, special connection with ovarian cancer awareness. Yes. So back in 2013, my mom, Lori Newcomb, was diagnosed with stage 3C ovarian cancer. And at the time, we just did not know much about ovarian cancer and hadn't really heard about it in our day-to-day lives like you do with breast cancer and other um, other talked-about cancers. And so in 2014, my mom and dad, Chris Newcomb, who's the founder of Nukes Eatery, they created Nukes Cares, which really is to bring awareness to ovarian cancer and educate women and their families on the signs and symptoms 
and also raise those critical funds for research to hopefully one day finding a cure. Which would be awesome. And those signs and symptoms are so vague, Madison. I know you're not necessarily a health care provider, but your mom came in here um, on good things to share. I think it was the first year of Newt's Cares and the cycle event, um, her own story, which was so powerful. It left a lasting impact on me and also those signs and symptoms to look for. So what do you guys tell women to not sort of um, overlook? Yeah, and we do partner with St. Dominic's and the doctors there, Dr. Paul Sego and Christy Haygood. And those signs and symptoms are so vague. It's everyday symptoms that women have, loss of appetite, fatigue, just feeling really tired and nauseous. And as you know, my mom's story, that's what she thought was happening. She was like, I'm a mom of three. I'm just exhausted from my everyday life. There's a lot going on. So, you know, you kind of push that aside and get on with your life because you're the structure of the family. You know, you got to keep everything moving. And she really did not understand what was going on until she finally listened to her body and realized something was wrong because all those symptoms eventually led up to her diagnosis. Which I think that's just another reminder that, ladies, listen to yourself. If you've got something that's just not adding up, if the math's not mathing, as they would say, then be a little persistent with getting the answers that you deserve. Don't be afraid to change health care providers if needed or sort of demand a few more tests to be ran just for peace of mind because you just never know what you don't know, and it it could uh, absolutely save a life. Well, you guys have definitely helped save lives or at least bring awareness through your annual event. It's the SPIN event. I know it already happened, but how did this come about? Yes, so my mother was an avid spinner, and so when she found out that Ovarian Cancer Research Alliance, who are our partners um, in New York, they host an annual spin event to raise funds for ovarian cancer, she just knew that was a perfect match. And so we partner with them every year, and we have our spin event, which we just had last Friday, and we have about 120 riders four spin um, times, and it's just a great day to everyone get together, bring awareness of this cause, and just have conversations about ovarian cancer and what we can do to hopefully find a cure one day. So do they try to spin as long as possible without puking as fast as possible? I mean, is it, or for miles, like, is or how does the, how does the, how does it work? Or how did it work? Yeah, so there's four time slots that you could sign up for, and they're each only 45-minute rides, and I you really only spend once a year at this event. So if I can do it, pretty much anyone can do it. And, you know, you don't have to go the full speed of the instructors. And all the instructors do donate their time. They were actually all friends of my mom and her previous spin classes. So that's just another personal touch that we have that my mom also kind of made for us uh, with Nukes Cares. And how much, you said this is your ninth year, how much have you guys raised for ovarian cancer awareness this year and then in total? Yes. So this year we're almost to 200,000, which is insane. I'm so happy that all 100 restaurants and the communities have really rallied around this cause. And then throughout the nine years, we have raised over two and a half million dollars, which is so amazing just to go to that critical research to hopefully find a cure and give grants to the researchers that are out there doing all the work. So we we've lost we've lost we have missed our chance to spend this year. Obviously, you could put it on your to do list next year if you wanted to. But there's a few more days left in September, uh, Madison. If we come into one of our Newt's locations, um, is it still with the till straws and all that? Does any of that go back, or how can we help with Newt's cares um, if we feel compelled to? Yes. Well, actually, today is Lori's day, and on this day, twenty percent of sales 
from today from all Nukes Eatery locations are donated directly to Nukes Care. So if you've eaten a late lunch or grabbing dinner tonight, just try to go to Nukes and get your Nukes queue or your Nukes favorite to support our cause. And then you can also donate um, year-round on NukesCares.com and also through our water bottles. Ten cents of each of those will be donated to Nukes Cares as well. So there's a lot of different ways throughout the year you can always donate. And any information is also on our page at NukesCares.com. I would like a Greek salad with grilled chicken, extra olives, and dressing on the side, please. Oh, I love that. That sounds like the perfect <laughs> meal. <laughs> and then I get extra croutons off the little, you know, the little of thing course. in the middle. And that's definitely my, uh, that's my, usually my go-to nukes order. If it's not, I'm going to do the half salad, half, I mean, the half soup, which is your chicken tortilla is on point. And um, a half salad, which will also be a half Greek. Y'all just really have it with the Greek dressing. I don't know. I could drink I it. it. Yeah. Amazing. So one of our texters, too, um, I have to share, Madison said, just happened to be drying dishes when good things came on. And three of our finest cups, they're all three Newt's cups. So <laughs> it's, definitely it's definitely a coincidence. A staple. It is. Yeah, it's definitely a staple in people's households. I mean, I'm a little biased, but I probably have hundreds of Newt's cups. So I've had to throw some away and, you know, collect the new ones. They're always such fun designs. And right now we have our teal cup and then our Christmas cup will be coming out at the end of October. So we're really excited about that. You mentioned 100 locations, Madison. That's mind-blowing. Your dad is uh, one of the founders of Nukes Eatery or the founder that started out with what one location where was the original Nukes yes original Nukes was in Oxford Mississippi and it still is to this day standing back from 2004 um, on University Avenue and now 100 how many um, states does Nukes now cover We're in about 13 states, and we love our home state of Mississippi. Um, We've just seen the community rally around us and always supporting us, especially in Jackson. So it's just a great uh, community builder. All right. Well, today is Lori's Day. So if you did not have dinner plans, you now have them. Go to your local nukes where you said, is it 10% or 20%? 20% today. That's a big chunk of your investment there of eating local. We'll give back to ovarian cancer research, which I can't think of a better thing to do with your dinner tonight. So, Madison, I appreciate your time. Look forward to seeing you all for the 10th year next year. Yes. Thank you so much, Rebecca. All righty. There you go. Will, do you have a nukes order? You have to have a nukes order. Yeah, I like the Q, uh, Mm -hmm. which is chicken and uh, some sort of cheese. and It's the sauce. Yeah. You know, they've turned it into a pizza. Really? And a salad. They just knew that salt. Again, you could just drink and sort of bathe in that sauce um, as well. I'm not going to say that's the healthiest thing. <laughs> but I, it's all fresh and delicious. I will say this. I probably have 50 cups. I bet. Oh, easily. 50. So I have used them as kids' toys. They stack really well. You can make big pyramids. And yes. then the kids like to knock them over. Once you get to a certain number of them, you can you can definitely do that. Stick with us, though. We've got more good headlines for you coming up next. Afternoon, just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget you can watch us when you're on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. Have you been over to the Good Things Facebook group lately? You should. If you're not a part, why not? If you are wasting your life on the Book of Faces, you might as well be a part of our group where you can get some positive and insightful headlines from across our state uh, delivered there every day. If you're on Facebook, just go to the little search bar, type in Good Things With. Rebecca Turner pops up. You can click the join. Myself or Rhino will let you in. You'll see a good headline coming out of Lamar County School District. Uh, Will, I know you cover football. Did you know that there was a life saved at one of the games this past week? I did not. Ah, see, that's why you should be a member of the Good Things Facebook group, which you are. But after a ball game, legend Coach Young. Are you familiar with Coach Young? He felt unconscious. He had no signs of life, which is scary, and he needed CPR. Thankfully, one of the athletic trainers, Kevin, was quick to jump in, start CPR, and saved Coach Young's life. And he spent a few days in the hospital, but he is back-mended, and he is going to get to the field when he can. So it's really cool to know that you got the right people on the sidelines at the right time. Have you ever been CPR certified? I have not. Do you think you would jump into action if needed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would. It's so easy to say that. I think I would. You do? Yeah. Did you remember, did you hear the story on Good Things where the Flowood young lady went to Texas and would you, would you pull someone from a burning car? I would. Actually. You say that. No, actually in high school we had a lady, some buddies of mine were leaving a movie one Sunday night and a lady had hit a telephone pole and it was, it was kind of late at night on a Sunday so there weren't a whole lot of cars on the road in Tupelo and so I remember we pulled over and helped her out because we were afraid the telephone pole was going to fall she hit it pretty hard she was unconscious inside I always say I hope I would I feel like I would want to but I don't want to say yep because as soon as I feel like you do that and then you get put in that situation you get froze up and then you're like I don't know what to do and then you freak out and find yourself hovering under a table somewhere which is fine some folks just aren't meant to run into danger um, I would like to think that I would at least try, but I'm, I, I'm so old. That's not, <laughs> I'm so old and CPR. You might remember this too. When I was a lifeguard, that was my first job. And back then when you got CPR certified, you also got like the little CPR face covery thingy that came in a zip up, um, container or, or I guess, um, whatever it was and you could keep it in your car and all of that. And I just remember being, cause I was like 15, 14, 15 back then you could could work if your parents would bring you to work and so my mom brought my mom brought me into to work so I could go and um, I just remember them telling you you know if you are CPR certified you are responsible for engaging in a situation if you if you see it and I remember feeling that is a lot of pressure on a 14 year old to like stop and help with a car wreck but never had to hope that I would but it's a skill that can definitely um, save lives and now you can get CPR certified uh, through the American Heart Association and other organizations like online. They've even taken out the breathing part to it. They recognize it's mostly about the chest compressions. Mm-hmm. So if you were feeling awkward about mouth-to-mouth situations with a stranger, you can now learn the life-saving um, techniques without having to sort of do that. So something we should all be doing in our spare time when you're not looking at the wonderful hummingbirds on your back porch, because that's what most of us are doing in our spare time. Now, do you do you feed into the hummingbirds, Will? My wife does. She's big into it. I think some of us, I mean, if you you when you learn that they remember 
their backyards to go to every year because you know they're migrating and they usually take a roundish the same route, and so you will have the same birds and the bird families all like coming back to you year after year. There's that hospitable part of our Mississippi brains that are like, well, I just have to, well, you know, one feeder's not enough. I'm just going to need to go to two feeders, and then I need to figure out the right formula. I don't need to give them diabetes. I need to make sure it's fresh, and then you just watch them sort of come in and enjoy. And if you have been over to the Good Things Facebook group, then you've seen it. If not, you really do need to go there. Mississippi Wildlife Fisheries and Park um, actually posted it, and I shared it. But you'll see a lady, Miss Susie May, about 10 years ago, she lives um, around Sardis Lake. She started to notice that there were some birds hanging out, kind of liking what she was doing. She started out with just a few birds, and so she just kept putting up feeders each year. So now she has 15 to 20 hummingbird feeders outside her home there in Sardis Lake. She constantly keeps filled with the sugar water, and the proof's in the pudding. You should go see the video. There are probably hundreds of little birds coming in and out. I mean, I guess... I'm just thinking, would she be considered the Bucky's? Of like hummingbird travel, where there's like the endless <laughs> you gas station. Stop by this one place, let me tell you. <laughs> and it's got all these different spouts and all these different sort of stops that you can sort of make and sort of do whatever you need to do to, and I guess meet up and organize and which which next direction are are sort of we all going. But she's definitely become kind of like the hummingbird whisperer, I would say. And she gives them the fuel they need, I guess, to get on their way. She was also featured in Mississippi Outdoors um, magazine. The link and all of that is over there on uh, the Good Things uh, Facebook group. But it's mesmerizing to see. I think one year Paul shared a video of his home. He had put up. He did not put up 20 feeders. So, Paul, if you're listening to Good Things, you need to step it up. Miss Susie has got you outnumbered. But I think it's one of those things you just keep thinking, if I build it, will they come? I don't think you can put out. 15 or 20 this year and expect that kind of yeah. of of influx of birds although i don't know but but if you are starting to see that like trickle each year just sort of adding to your collection because to me again it's just fascinating that they remember and come back to you i think that's so that's so sweet there's some that are probably scarred from coming to my house because we also have a cat and oh, man. the first year at my house that when we moved in, my wife put the hummingbird feeder out and she put it kind of low. Mm-hmm. And uh, our cat left a few carcasses on the back porch. So we had to reevaluate and put them up much, much higher. Uh, so the cat still swats at them, but he can't physically reach them anymore. Well, we've had one or two transition to Jesus in all of its glory, not because of a cat, but because we have these new big windows on our back porch from uh. like the light. And you'll be, you'll hear them. It's like, <laughs> it's not funny. You feel traumatic. Like you, yeah, feel you feel bad, bad and responsible <laughs> for boom. <laughs> and sometimes when they, their little bodies fall over, it's like they get dizzy and they sort of sit back up. And then you wonder, like you need to warn your friends. It's a trap. Don't go that way. But from what I'm learning, like they don't know. They just see the light or the whatever on the inside. So they just are, you know, sort of headed um, that way. Uh, same way if you have like reefs or things on your front door, the hummingbirds will think that it's nectared 
plants, but there's nothing there, which is kind of sad. And you would think again, like spread the word, like don't go up front, like it's dry up there. That's just a decoy. Don't you know? Don't go. But they all you have those that sort of come around and have to, I guess, get their taste. Are you responsible for cleaning out the? No, she takes full responsibility. But that's one thing that we've learned is that you have to change out the water. Absolutely, you do. It's like, have you ever had rancid sweet tea? Yeah, it sucks. So imagine imagine being a little bird, all tired and pooped out from its journey and coming to your house and sitting on a little thing and then putting their little nose down there and being like, Bleh. Then you Not have to fly somewhere else to find fresh, fresh water or nectar. You know, they make hummingbird swings. I have tried to get my husband to purchase some, and I'm convinced that's why we don't have the hummingbirds that we have had in years past, although we are at new location. It's because he refuses to buy or buy them um, swing. They're little swings. They're like so like in a bird cage yeah. where you put the little swing, and it's sw- like they can swing back and forth. Depending on how you have your hummingbird feeders, if you have them on a um, – like a stake in the ground where they hang off, the little, they'll perch on the little side, so they're a resting spot, right? Well, think about it. The only time they get to rest is when they're eating. Well, that sucks. I mean, that's not good for your metabolism. You need to give them other things to rest and play on. So they make little hummingbird swings and all kinds of fun apparatuses. You can have your whole little, whole little carnival there for your buddies. Do you do other bird feeders? Yes, which are now deer feeders. <laughs> minor, minor squirrel feeders. Squirrel feeders, deer feeders. Possum feeders, raccoon feeders, soft fox. So the where other you're day. at now, the deer come up and they. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One hundred percent. We'll nudge the top off. <laughs> but <laughs> so the some birds, of us that's an opportunity. Rebecca. Well, you know, they're if they're getting food from my house, they're not going in my freezer. So they're pets. Now, if they're getting food from your house, it's fair game for those that like to partake, but. If you're coming to my house to feed, if you're eating in my house, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> like, on purpose. <laughs> if you fly into the window, that's your own fault. You're only fault. encouraging them. I know. It's your own fault. All right, stick with us. we got more good stories for you up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. We hope you know you can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And here's some good news coming out of Rolling Fork. We've got two new homes for tornado victims. They're fixing to be built and delivered by God's Pit Crew and some of their volunteers. And joining us to tell a little bit more is Miss Carly. Hey, Carly. Hey, how are you all? What a good headline uh, coming out of Rolling Fork, which I know they can use all the good headlines for a really long time. It's been so long since the tornadoes actually come, but the rebuilding effort, as we all know, is going to take some time. And so it's good to hear that that hasn't stopped. So tell us a little bit about God's Pit Crew, because I know you're not located in Mississippi. So where are you guys located? Absolutely. So God's Pit Crew is a faith-based nonprofit disaster response team that is actually based in Danville, Virginia. So we are about 13 hours from Rolling Fork, Mississippi. Um, the, uh, the nonprofit side of God's Pit Crew was founded in 1999. So they've been at this for about 25 years. Um, we have over a thousand registered volunteers that are located actually all throughout the country. So while our headquarters is here in Danville, Virginia, we have helping hands that are ready to be the hands and feet of Jesus all throughout the country as well as around the globe for that matter. So when did you guys send out a crew to a rolling fort, Mississippi? I mean, I know the tornadoes obviously made headlines. It wasn't probably the very next day, if not when they were going on, that people were alerted that this was going to be a disaster and there was going to need there was going to be a need for the type of relief that God's pit crew is obviously geared for. But how did you make the decision to this is somewhere we need to deploy people? This is something that's right up um, our alley there in Mississippi. That is a great question and one that we get a lot. Um, God's Pit Crew initially responded to Rolling Fork six months ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long since that devastating tornado ripped through the area. But once the um, storm itself had hit and kind of those stories of devastation started coming out, God's Pit Crew deployed for the first time, um, I believe, just two days around there after that storm had made impact. And in that first trip down, the teams took relief supplies down. Anything that you would need, um, if you're looking at just catastrophe, your house is gone, you've lost all of your belongings, we're going to respond. We're going to bring you food and water and toiletries and hygiene items, those things that you don't realize how important they are until you don't have them. So that was the immediate response. And the way that we kind of look into where we can respond, there's a few factors that play into it, but we look for, of course, areas that have just um, some severe devastation, and we also try to respond to areas that, um, you know, a lot of other places maybe aren't responding to or that they really need the help. So we're just there with helping hands. Not only are they taking those relief supplies down, though, in that immediate response, we also have teams that are um, volunteering to clear debris off. They help remove trees. They help take off any debris, and they also just sit and pray and love on those community members that really need it in those devastating times. Well, it's one thing, Carly, to bring the supplies needed or to bridge those gaps. It's another thing to build homes, which is, <laughs> I mean, a, a little bit different skill set, uh, I do believe, um, but definitely needed in terms of when you think about natural disasters of all kinds, especially when you have a devastating tornado that um, pretty much just demolished Rolling Fork and, and all the building and structures. So how does that piece sort of fit into everything that God's pit crew is doing? 
Absolutely. So it all kind of goes hand in hand. When that first immediate response team goes down, they really keep open eyes in the community to find those families that are just devastated. And of course, there is plenty of that to go around, unfortunately, but they really work with the officials in the community, some of the churches and just local community members to find those good families that we know that we can truly come back and help. So it just happened that in Rolling Fork, we were able to meet the Birdley family as well as the Nichols family. And uh, by faith, we promise that we will return and we will completely build you two new homes. And what's so great about that is six months later, our teams have went back now. They've been on site not very long. Um, in two weeks, they're planning to present those two homes to the Birdley and Nichols families. Um Those homes are not only completely built from the ground up, they are also completely furnished. So when these families move in, they don't have to bring anything with them. Once they get those keys back in their hands that night, they can walk in and sleep and watch TV and just find some more peace. So y'all building homes in two weeks? So um, we have wonderful volunteers. Like I mentioned, we have over a 1,000 registered volunteers, and they are happy to respond. When we put word out that we are going to do one of these rebuild projects, they hop on it. And God truly provides for us because many of those volunteers are experienced in trades like construction, electrical, plumbing, carpentry. So when they hit the ground, they are set. No, that's I think that's absolutely wonderful. And it is mind boggling when you when you get the right set of folks who are willing to step up, coordinate, work together. Things can move at at a really fast pace, which is is phenomenal. So when will these two homes be ready for uh, reveal, um, Carly? Are they still in the process? Are we in the end stages? Have they begun? Where are we at in that? So yesterday they were finishing up on the roof as well as some of the um, the sheeting on the inside has went up. So they are planning to reveal those two homes um, by the end of the next week coming. So we're looking at October 5th and 6th, and that's a great time. It's great to see this family come back and, like I said, actually get those keys. They're even presented with the hammer that drives the last nail into the house, and then they get to enter that front door and it's wonderful to see the look on their face. They have a fully furnished home, and they even have family photos on the wall just to really say, this is yours, welcome home. Well, it's definitely a positive, I guess, headline, but also a positive reminder that you can rebuild. There is hope for the future for Rolling Fork and the other communities there in the Mississippi Delta affected by the tornado. Folks want to come back. Folks still feel like that that is definitely their home. And then you see this great thing of people wanting to sort of pay it forward, too. So, Carly, if you've got you've got folks listening who think, you know, when things like this happen, I want to help, but I don't know how to help or, you know, how to be organized with with their trades or skills, do you all have a, I guess, a branch or a chapter of God's Pit Crew here in Mississippi for for more volunteers to connect with? So we actually point everyone to godspitcrew.org, and that's where you're going to find all of the information on how to get involved. But we do hear that a lot, Rebecca. It's, and I've even said it myself. I'm not a carpenter. I don't know how to help, but God's Pit Crew certainly says you would not believe where your talents are going to fit in. We just need you to come. You can help us as we dust and take out the trash and just those little things and then love on the family when they get back. So uh, that godspitcrew.org, uh, that volunteer link, it's going to show you all of the different ways you can be involved. And then when we do respond, if you're not in Virginia, if you're somewhere else throughout the country, you're going to get a notice, an email that says, hey, we're going to this place. Can you meet us there? 
Well, I think that's um, I think that's so cool. I think that's really remarkable. It's so great that you guys were able to find two families here in Mississippi to continue to love on. You didn't just come and clean up. You held your promise and kept it through um, through the end. And it will be fun to see the photos and all of the excitement around them being able to get back in their home. Are these the um, only two homes? I know there's other homes going up and other things. I don't mean it like just two, but will there be more coming from uh, God's Pit Crew here in Mississippi or? Or will you be waiting for the next time you need to deploy? No, that's absolutely a great question. So, so far this year, uh, God's Pit Crew has, uh, with these two in Mississippi, they have helped um, remodel, rebuild, or give away 11 homes so far. Um, there is always that chance that we could meet a family that we can help. And we really rely on God to show us those doors that we need to walk through. So you never know what could be coming, and we always keep our eyes on the news um, to see where we are needed and where we can help the most. Well, such a cool story, Carly. I appreciate your time here on Good Things Sharing It. If folks are interested in what God's Pit Crew is up to or being part of it, remind us where we can go. Absolutely. Godspitcrew.org. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'd love to have you. All righty. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. How cool is that? Two new homes, things moving there in Rolling Fork. I feel like when she said two weeks of building a new house, every contractor listening to good things was like, don't tell them it can be done. Because you're going to hear like six months if you're lucky to a year feels more reasonable. And you're telling me you can build a home from bottom to top in 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 two weeks. If you watch HGTV, it seems like they're able to do it overnight um, as well. What was the Ty Pennington uh, show where they did come in and build those massive homes? Oh, it was uh, Extreme Home Makeover. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, they took existing homes that were yeah. poopy or whatever and then but completely redid them but they did it in two like two oh, or however yeah. however long it however long it was two weeks my tail <laughs> just having built a home i can i like my mind cannot fathom <laughs> but i mean i know it can be done but anyway all right stick with us more up next no, i keep doing it right i saw the light sun came up in the middle Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. This is great to hear the Superdome, by the way. Where did you see him? I saw him at the Superdome, Garth Brooks, and I still, and I went and saw, I made sure that happened, or my husband helped make sure that happened, because I will go to my grave regretting not seeing him in Baton Rouge, where that song would have been 
perfect for <laughs> I the bet setting. I bet that place came alive. Five, four. Whether you were from Baton Rouge or not, you were you would be in the moment and it would have just been one of those really, really cool uh, opportunities, which I know LSU is a four letter word for many of you right now, so we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on from that uh, second best concert I've ever been to though. But Garth Brooks, yes, I highly recommend uh, if you get the opportunity and I appreciate him trying not to be t- uh 30-year-old Garth Brooks, he's very aware of his age and that these songs have aged well and that everyone knows the lyrics. You know, he's not trying to be, you know, who he once was when you probably saw him and still still the energy put them, puts on uh, a really, a really good show. Hey, today is Johnny Appleseed Day. If you like an apple, this would be your day to celebrate. But do you know our Mississippi equivalent to Johnny Appleseed? Do you know the story? Do you know the story of Johnny Appleseed? I feel like if you don't... Don't admit it to anybody because it's kind of in the name, but you know the story of Johnny Appleseed, yeah. right? That he went around. Did you know that we have a Mississippi equivalent? What did he plant? Well, do you know? But do who? Do you know who he is? No, I don't. I have no clue. You never heard of Captain Davis? No. So he is our Mississippi version of Johnny Appleseed, and so he brought. Um, Sweet apples from he was a uh, Captain Davis was in the Confederate Army. He was discharged in North Carolina. That's how the story goes at the end of the Civil War. He walked home to Kosciuszko by foot. And so while traveling back on foot, he found apple trees bearing what he thought were the sweetest apples that he'd ever eaten. So he pocketed some of the seeds and he planted them right there in Kosciuszko. And they're Captain David Apple, Captain Davis apples. They're green with a red sort of blush, um, has a sweet and sort of juicy taste. The, um, I guess the weather here in Mississippi, at least at the time, were very, um, good for those particular apples. And so, yeah, if you're in Kosciuszko, you may have a apple tree, a Captain Davis apple tree, um, from way back when that he brought back. But from war. Did he wear the pot on his head like Johnny Appleseed? You know, I don't I'm not I'm not sure about that or how all of that goes, but I'm, um, I'm not a smart man, Rebecca, but when I was a kid and they told me that story, the first thing I thought was that was kind of, wearing the pot on his head. Come on now. Well, well where else are you going to take your eating like if you're on the move? And you don't have like all of the luggage and sort of rucking Even sacks. Even as a child, I knew that was not correct. I knew that something was fishy about that. So you're telling me it's not true? That he wore the pot on his head? No, he didn't do that. Are you? you can you? Will you go to your grave? I'll go to the grave. That? I'll go to the orchard wherever you want me to go. <laughs> but I he was know. born as John Chapman. By the way, he was born September 26, 1774, in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. How do they say it? Mass. Matt. Matt. I can't. I'm too sad. Massachusetts. <laughs> I'm too <sad>. Massachusetts. <laughs> um, and yeah, so you can thank him for, I guess, um, spreading se- uh, apple seeds like wildfire. What's other legendary things? Do you not believe in? Oh, what's the, what's the one with the ox and the axe? Paul Bunyan. Do you do you not believe in Paul Bunyan nah, either? That didn't that didn't happen. You don't think he had an ox? No. no? A blue ox? No. Well, what if he was just gray and maybe he was colorblind? Maybe, but no, I don't think that existed. Do you believe anything? Are you cold-hearted? No, I'm not cold-hearted. I just Do you believe in Santa? Yes. <laughs> I believe in UFOs. I believe that's real. We know that's real. How do we know that's real? We just do. How? Well, they have had government 
Do you believe in UFOs, but you don't believe in a blue ox? (laughs) No. (laughs) They could have been seen here on Mother Earth. Nah. Or a man who maybe just been a little bit different and not had enough room in his knapsack to put a boiler that he might would wear it as a hat. It's just funny the stuff that comes down and, you know, as a, I guess I was a pretty cynical kid. I just automatically questioned. Yeah, nothing. I just automatically questioned his but whole motivation. But you're not questioning UFOs? I'm like, I'm like what, what was the real benefit? What did he get out of going around planning what all these apples? aliens have a benefit for coming to Earth? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, why don't we go to zoos? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That way. <laughs> you got to come check out this planet. These folks are nuts. You're not going to believe what they do. <laughs> you can get out and throw candy, and they'll just come running. <laughs> oh, that got me tickled. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. I can. I still. Paul Bunyan. What? Plaid. Not plaid. Flannel. Plaid, plaid flannel. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. Well, where do we get it from? I don't know, but it didn't happen. Mm. Loch Ness is not real. Uh, the Nessie's not real either. <laughs> Big Bubba said Bigfoot. Our Bigfoot, I might believe. Oh my I, gosh. Get, I get behind no, some Bigfoot. No, stick with us. You got more coming up next. No tall tales on Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.